0: We assumed Allen Robinson wouldn't be back with the Chicago Bears under the previous regime. But now that there's a new general manager and a new head coach, all of a sudden, do the feelings change as the door back open? You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked on Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sports one You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Bears. You can like Locked on Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked on Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day. On the show, we take a closer look at the upcoming free agency of Allen Robinson, which, of course, you can't look at without looking at the previous free agency of Allen Robinson and the season that has happened since he was on the franchise tag. Kind of look at what his career had been up to that point, why this past season was such a downturn, how much do you blame Allen himself? How much do you blame Matt Nagy and the offense? And how much do you blame Ryan Pace and the general manager and not working out a long-term deal earlier? And and how that all played out for Robinson? How that plays then into the decision for this upcoming offseason? We'll look at after this down year, what kind of a contract could Allen Robinson get? You know, not, not at his best right now. How does that compare to other options the Chicago Bears may look at as far as rebuilding this wide receiving core? And how that compares to other needs they may want to invest in on this team there's no doubt that this was not the season alan robinson was looking for you know on the franchise tag trying to play into that long-term deal it was the lowest in terms of catches receiving yards and touchdowns he's had in his career with the exception of the ga- the season where he tore his acl in week one but in any in any season he's actually made any sort of participation in he has not been worse at least in terms of The statistical production, I mean, across the board, you know, yards per game, routes per game, catches per game, long pass, you know, touchdowns, yards per run, targets, everything. This was as low as it's gotten for Allen Robinson. And as the season went on, it seemed like Bears fans were turning against him more and more, pointing to opportunities where it felt like at times, maybe Robinson wasn't giving 100% effort and hustle, and not that he was, anyway, you know, intentionally, certainly not intentionally dropping passes or intentionally, you know, running routes incorrectly or poorly. It would be more like, you know, at the end of plays, you know, the business decision type things Bears fans would point to sometimes with Allen Robinson. And this is one of those things where it's hard to, hard to, really parse out without the context of each individual moment or example of a time when you might see that but I think it's it's also a culmination of just frustration right and I think Robinson was sort of the butt of that frustration because we had already been frustrated with with Matt Nagy's offense in previous years and it hadn't fully affected Robinson's production right I mean like He's, he, as the offense got worse, his production got better. I mean, we knew the offense was at its best in 2018. I guess you know, he was he was hurt for parts of that season, but then he broke the thousand yard mark back to back years: 98 catches in 2019, 102 in 2020. I mean, he was this Bears offense for those two seasons, and, and a big part part of it for 2018. And so all of a sudden, like as the offense struggles, it wasn't like new that the offense had struggled, but what was new was that Allen Robinson's numbers were down. And so that's where I think some of the blame starts to go toward Robinson, especially because while Robinson's numbers dropped, Darnell Mooney's numbers got even better. And I think it's it's one thing to say, well, like, if Mooney's numbers got better, Robinson's should have too. But I think there's also a point there where, no, because less balls, fewer passes were going to Allen Robinson, there were then more passes to go to Darnell Mooney. And, of course, Mooney was great. And then we're, not, we're not here to, to get too much into Mooney right now. But... Also, keep in mind, too, that Robinson had an ankle injury and a hamstring injury that kept him out of games this season. So down the stretch, he may not have been 100% healthier either. And, of course, there was a rotating cast of quarterbacks. I mean, a lot of the offensive excuses, or I mean, excuses is maybe a strong word, the offensive explanations, reasonings behind some of Robinson's reduced production uh, have fall a little short sometimes when when you look at how productive Darnell Mooney was able to be in spite of those things, absolutely. But I do think it's not purely also then purely like Robinson's fault, right? You, you can blame, you know, Fields was inaccurate on some of those underneath throws. Certainly Robinson was running a lot of curl routes and things that were not really conducive to his production and his success, right? And of course, when they were rotating different quarterbacks and trying to get on the same page with Dalton and, and, and Fields and even a little bit of Nick Foles in there at one point, like that's not easy for a wide receiver to be able to to do. So, like, it's not fully excusing all of Robinson's issues, but I do think you combine injuries, quarterback inconsistency, scheme issues together, it does make, it does account for a lot of the lack of Allen Robinson's production this past season. Maybe you can put some of the blame on Robinson, but it's not like all of a sudden he became a bad wide receiver. I mean, he's 28 years old. He is in the prime of his career, and presumably next season, whether it's in Chicago or not, if you give him a better scheme and better quarterback play and a, and a clean bill of, health, bill of health, you should be able to get 1,100, 1,200-yard Allen Robinson again. Right? These were not fluke seasons. It's not some sort of question as to whether or not he is truly talented. So that's, that's where projecting him forward becomes so important and how it can be easy to kind of get caught up in, in how disappointing this season was for him or from him, but we know he's capable of so much more and it's still going to be so much more for whatever his next team is, assuming they can put him in that position to be successful. I mean, he's still a number one wide receiver in the NFL. He's just not in that top, certainly not in the top five conversation anymore, not in the top 10, you know, for a while he was in that, like, top 12, top borderline, top 10, and now, you know, after this season kind of drops down a little bit, right, in the top, you know, the 15 to 20 range for wide receivers. I mean, again, not an important debate to get into all but too much there, but the debate really is what he's worth to the Chicago Bears and whether they should bring him back or maybe try and go in a different direction at wide receiver. We'll look at what he what he could cost the team, how that compares to what the Bears need and what other players are going to get, and later then what options they would have if they don't bring back Allen Robinson Next on Locked On Bears. At some point this offseason, we may get odds on where Allen Robinson could end up from our friends at Bet Online. They have tons of great free agency props every year about where the top name guys are all going to go. I'm certainly Devonta Adams and and Aaron Rodgers will be in those conversations too. They actually already have Aaron Rodgers' odds and because even though football season is over the betting and the fun doesn't have to stop at bet online because they do, they do more than just football odds totals and props of course they cover all sports basketball is in full steam full steam right now for both pro and college seasons we've got hockey soccer tennis boxing maybe we'll get baseball odds if we can get a collective bargaining agreement and so much more bet online is the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news all throughout this season. Head on over to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the top trends and actions you need to know to play and win. BetOnline is where the game starts. Allen Robinson certainly isn't going to cash in this offseason the way he was looking to cash in last offseason before the Bears stuck him with that franchise tag. And we don't need to rehash the whole franchise tag debate, but like, obviously Robinson was looking for a certain salary number last season. The free agent market didn't produce that number for other free agent wide receivers. And in some ways the franchise tag may have made him. Well, I would say in, in 2021 may have made him more money than he would have gotten otherwise, but clearly he would probably have rather gotten a long-term deal then and not, and before having the down season, than getting the one-year deal and having a down season maybe now not being able to cash in as much because it's just not going to bring him the type of money that he could have especially if he had had a third straight 1200 or 1100 plus yard season in Chicago he would be definitely in this conversation maybe not Devontae Adams level money but right after him in terms of where the top dollars would go but now all of a sudden he drops down maybe another tier right you, you look at the projections for where his contract should be. Again, always going to rely on friend of the show, Brad Spielberger at PFF. Brad, he works for OverTheCap.com and Pro Football Focus. Got to meet him in person finally down at the Senior Bowl a couple weeks ago. After having had him on the podcast a few times, he and I are definitely the two tallest media members down there. He's I'm six five. He's about six six. I mean, he's he's. I looked up at him ever so slightly. Anyway, Brad knows contracts and has always nails it really really well in terms of like predicting what a contract a player might get on the open market. And right now, Brad's projection for Allen Robinson is a three-year deal averaging $16 million a year. That's $48 million total for those of you playing along at home. And he has him with $30 million of that guaranteed. The guaranteed money is important for knowing potentially how much money they're going to have to pay in that first year and what his first year salary cap number might be because you'd be looking about $8 to $10 million of that first year hit at at an absolute minimum when you're re-signing Allen Robinson in that contract. And so when you look at, like, where that puts him among other wide receivers, this is where we kept having the conversation last year of, like, okay, is Allen Robinson, you know, if when Allen Robinson was reportedly last year looking in the, you know, eighteen to $20 million contract range or so, maybe even a little bit more than that last year before the franchise tag. And, you know, right now, Amari Cooper is the $20 million wide receiver a year, and he's the fourth highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. And that was sort of the range, right? $18 million would put him at sixth. 21 million would put him at four, and that was the range Robinson was looking at last year. And Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill level money for Robinson, and now this projection from Brad down at 16 million dollars a year puts would put Robinson as the 13th highest paid wide receiver. And like we were just talking about, Robinson might. I mean, it's debatable. Robinson is he still the 13th best? wide receiver in the NFL didn't play like it this past season, but has that level of talent, I think still within him, but that's more the number reportedly that maybe the bears were interested in signing him in last year coming off of his great season. So all of a sudden, does that make it a little bit more palatable this year? Again, $16 million would put him just behind Robert Woods and Brandon cooks and just, well, and, and Adam Thielen would pretty much tied with Adam Thielen just behind cooks and woods, just ahead of Cooper cup, Cortland Sutland, Sutton, uh, Jarvis Landry, and Robbie Anderson. And we don't have to do the one-on-one comparisons here. I think we saw in the Super Bowl that Cooper Cup is probably worth a bit more than 15.75 that he's going to be making in the average value of his contract. Adam Thielen's an interesting spot to sort of put Robinson up with because because he's in the same offense as Justin Jefferson, all of a sudden Thielen's value sort of fuels a little bit farther down. But like, I don't think it's unreasonable to say Robinson should be worth about as much as Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. If anything, he might be better than... Robert Woods and and Brandon Cooks again. Not, don't need to spend the whole podcast power ranking every wide receiver in the NFL, but right, that's that's the type of salary range that we're looking for. But then, you know, you start to you start to look around a little bit with what the Bears need, and specifically even what they're going to need at wide receiver. And right now, I, the, the tagline I keep coming back to this offseason is that there are now two of them under contract for next year. Darnell Mooney, and then Daz Newsome. Daz, as a six-round pick, you know, could make the roster, but it's not going to be... Ideally, Daz Newsome should not be one of your top four wide receivers playing on offense next season. If you've built the robust wide receiving core that you need to for Justin Fields, you would like to have four better offensive weapons at wide receiver next year than Daz Newsome. Ideally, maybe he could be your number four, but ideally, you'd like four better players. And that's going to be some combination of free agents and draft picks. And that doesn't mean you're going to sign four elite playmakers or whatever it might be, but like, you're going to need to bring in multiple players at different stages of this off season. And so the question becomes, how much, how, how much is Robinson worth in that context? Plus, like we talked about on yesterday's podcast with James Daniels, right? You're going to need to sign a center and then if you re-sign James Daniels, then maybe you're fine there, or maybe you need to sign another guard. If you let James Daniels walk, or if you move Cody Whitehair from guard to center, you're going to need to sign a guard there. You might want to sign a tackle. You're going to need to bring in cornerbacks, a safety if you don't re-sign to Sean Gibson, perhaps a linebacker, some defensive linemen, depending on what the Bears do at those positions. There is a lot of holes to fill. They do have a decent amount of salary cap space and have some room to create some more. So they're not, they're not desperately scraping by to fill some of these holes but if you're looking at signing two wide receivers how do you want to split up the money for example so you could spend 16 million dollars a year on Allen Robinson and then you know i don't know 3 to 4 to 5 million dollars a year on a second free agent receiver and then have that be your core of Robinson Mooney and then a C or D tier free agent wide receiver or you could let robinson walk as there are some feelings about that and then maybe instead of doing robinson and a low end receiver you do two two mid end wide receivers two guys that are not going to be as good as allen robinson might not be as consistent or whatever you know all the, all the traits of allen robinson how how well rounded he is as a a route runner he's got size he's got he's got some size he's got some speed he's got good route running he's got good hands like he's robinson is very good at everything but maybe not elite in very many areas. I think he's an elite contested catch guy and body controlled on the sideline. Some of those type of employees. I mean, he's made some really, really impressive, difficult catches when there's contact, but regardless, you know, maybe you opt away from Robinson for the financial reasons and instead grab players that aren't as well-rounded, but maybe have more specific elite traits. And, and we'll get into some of those in a second. And it'll just be curious to see kind of what the philosophy is going to be from Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, and and Luke Getzey and what they want for their offense. You know, are they going to want a well-rounded receiver like Robinson or do they want to build it, you know, with some specific skill sets in mind to try and get through some of that? We'll go through some of the other options at wide receiver and kind of get a sense of some of the different alternatives to Allen Robinson to help us understand, okay, well, would, would we prefer Robinson or would we prefer maybe a mixture of other guys? Next on Locked On Bears. I'm really curious to see what the financial appetite is for the free agent wide receiver market last year, because we were all pretty surprised how light it went last year. We were expecting bigger contracts for a lot of those guys, but then Robinson gets the franchise tag, Godwin gets the franchise tag, and you know, Kenny Galladay, I think, ended up getting the biggest deal out of any of the agents who actually hit the open market and, and change teams, right? You'll see contract extensions for guys that put them up at some pretty big numbers, but like the actual like open market price for wide receivers was definitely dampened a bit last year. And I'm curious to see if there's a bounce back this year, or if that's a, a trend that will continue. Like we think about the safety position being one of those spots where like, we're not too far removed from some safeties, getting some pretty big contracts. And then the last like feels like, three or four free agencies now, but maybe it's maybe only been a couple, but it's been a couple of years now where some really talented safeties don't get paid much money and kind of linger on the market for a long time. And teams just haven't had the appetite to pay that much to that position. And some of the thinking might be similar with wide receiver in the sense that every year, the NFL draft seems to be producing a number of high quality wide receivers that are also able to more or less produce at a high level in their rookie seasons or very early in their careers. To the point where teams will say, well, no, we don't need to pay Allen Robinson top dollar because we can draft a guy who's going to be a lot cheaper and won't be as refined as Robinson right away, but could get there and all these other wide receivers keep coming out. So let's just do that instead. And the teams seem to be like collectively opting that route and it makes it kind of complicated then to understand what we're going to get this offseason. Like Devontae Adams is obviously the, the big domino that needs to fall at the top of the wide receiver free agency situation. Of course, Green Bay seems very interested in in trying to bring him back, but they're waiting to see what's going to happen with with Aaron Rodgers in particular and how that dynamic's going to break down if they're going to have money for both of them or trade one or both of them. The franchise tag has been floated out there for Devonta Adams at this point. And at this point, that's kind of what I'm expecting. Like it would seem very surprising if they just completely let him hit the open market. They would either work out an extension or franchise tag him and they could trade him off of the franchise tag, but it would seem unlikely that they would let him go without getting more than just the compensatory picks in return. But, you know, never say never. We don't know what their plans are going to be, but certainly the Bears having Luke Getzey as their offensive coordinator has led a lot of fans connecting the dots, right? He Luke Getzey was previously also the Packers' wide receivers coach and coached Devontae Adams to have his best seasons early on in his career. The problem is, Devontae Adams is looking at a Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins level top wide receiver contract. I mean, he's viewed widely as the number one, like the best wide receiver in the NFL or top top two, top three at the very worst. And so he's going to be paid like the highest paid or very close to wide receiver in the NFL. And so we're talking, you know, 23, 24 million dollars a year compared to you know, 16 for Allen Robinson That that is very hard, I think, to squeeze Devonte Adams in, in the Bears situation financially, but it might be hard for the Packers to squeeze it too. So, you know, maybe there's a a win there either way for Chicago. So maybe Adams not, not gonna be realistically in this mix. Then you got, you know, Chris Godwin from the Buccaneers, who's injured, should be back, in theory, for the for next season, but and also still only twenty six young ascending receiver, just, you know, got, kinda got hurt this past season, but plays I mean, similar to not exactly similar to Robinson, but similar in the ideas that like he does have a pretty well-rounded skill set and can do a lot of different things and win on most areas of the field. And that would be, again, the injury thing makes him a complicated signing. And I don't know that you know, he, he might be around the same price or if not a little bit more. I think Brad Spielberger has him at 17 and a a year. So a little bit above Robinson's asking price. That feels a little more of a lateral move. Like you might as well just re-sign Allen Robinson as opposed to going out and paying a little bit more for Chris Godwin just because of the injury stuff too. But then the name that, I think has a lot of bears fans or maybe not a lot of Bears fans, but the name that that's more exciting that hasn't gotten, I think as much top of the line hype because he doesn't have quite as much of a household name, but I think fantasy football in particular has helped him be a little bit wider known. And that's Mike Williams from the Los Angeles chargers. I mean, big, fast, deep downfield receiver. We talked about him last week on the sort of free agent targets, Valentine's day podcast, looking at, you know, who the bears heart should go out to in free agency. And, it's possible that you know Los Angeles, the Chargers, could bring him back too. But think about think about the cannon firing downfield that Justin Herbert did, and all those deep shots. I mean, Mike Williams was the primary beneficiary of so many of those, and he's really strong in the red zone because he's so big as well. So he's, I mean, he's not the he's not going to be the short area quickness underneath type over the middle wide receiver, but he's that vertical guy to be a really nice pair for Justin Fields, and you could imagine having having Mooney and Williams being able to go and attack deep downfield would be a lot of fun. He's not the true, like, number one type mold, but you could build an offense of just a bunch of number twos, right? Right, Williams and Mooney and, you know, maybe maybe somebody else wouldn't be a two but a three. But, you know, you can pair together some of those skill sets and still have an offense without a true, quote-unquote, number one type guy. And because Williams has been so productive and so successful at doing that downfield passing, I mean, he's going to be a, another well-priced free agent. I mean, we're talking around the same amount as, as Allen Robinson, $16, $17 million a year. So, But but you could see where, even if it's a lateral move financially, Williams is more explosive, more of the downfield big play guy, a little bit less of the dependable security blanket underneath, over-the-middle guy that Robinson has been. But boy, would it be fun to see Mike Williams in this offense. But then again, you, then you, you have less money, like with Robinson, to add that other receiver to pair with Mooney and him right I mean you could you could you can find guys with some fun skill sets you know you go down the the dollar amount a little bit more somebody like Will Fuller from I think the Dolphins most recently but he spent time with the Texans before again speed vertical threat not the Mike Williams level but a step down from Mike Williams because he's nearly not nearly as big either and has had some drops over the years and was was hurt this past season if I remember right regardless he would be a lot cheaper and have some of those similar skill sets, but not be that next level. So you could you, know, you could go with with someone like Will Fuller that's not going to break the bank the same way, or, or Marquez Valdez Scantling from the Packers, another one of these deep downfield speed threats that would be fun to pair with some of these players. Or you could go more like middle tier, you know, like a, a like Christian Kirk from the from the Arizona Cardinals or DJ Chark perhaps from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, some of these guys that they're not they're number twos. They're, they're solid number twos as opposed to like. Mike Williams being like a big time number two, or even Michael Gallup from the Cowboys would be interesting if they end up kind of letting him go. I mean, there's, there's a really solid group of potential upcoming free agent wide receivers. And it can be easy to kind of look around a little bit and say, you know, we, we like Allen Robinson he would be very valuable in this offense and could could be a great security blanket for Justin Fields. You know, they can work on that relationship. I mean, just, just that, that chemistry more than relationship. Just build that up a little bit better and get a better scheme. And Robinson could be a 1,000-yard receiver and all that in Chicago. But, boy, it could be fun if you get, like, if you could pair, like, two of those speedy downfield receivers and let Justin Fields just keep ripping it deep kind of thing, more like the Chiefs offense where you wouldn't have a Tyreek Hill, but you would have, you know, that type of, like, two, three speed guys that are just going to take the top off and open up so much for your offense. And you could split up that Robinson money a couple of different ways and still have talented receivers in there, maybe draft someone as well, and, you know, ultimately end up moving on from him. I'm curious to see if his feelings about the team are different, you know, because he said before how much he likes Chicago, the fan base, and, like, the the locker room and his teammates and all that, but it it seemed to be clearly, like, not a big fan of Ryan Pace and company because of how they negotiated his contract – Not a big fan of Matt Nagy and the coaching staff because of the scheme not really suiting Robinson all that well. So you change the things that he would seem to have not liked about the organization. You would think he could then be more open to the return than perhaps he would have been otherwise. But at the end of the day, we saw last offseason and this offseason that rightfully so, Robinson's motivator is going to be the contract first, right? If it's maybe the Bears... What he likes about the Bears could be a tiebreaker or, you know, could move the needle a little bit. But, like, he's still looking for that money. And, of course, every NFL player should, especially I mean, how injuries can derail a career, how subtly they can kind of throw things off, get as much money as you can while you can. I'm never going to blame a player for, for going after the money first and foremost. So we'll see. We'll see how the team feels about Robinson and about how Robinson feels about the team. Don't think we'll expect to see any sort of, like, major contract extension before he hits the free agent market. But maybe he could test things out. See what what else is out there and maybe realize the grass might not be greener on the other side. We'll keep a close eye on whatever the Bears end up doing at wide receiver right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. If you're looking for your second listen, don't forget the Locked on Podcast Network has your team every day for all your other Chicago sports needs locked on bulls locked on cubs locked on white Sox, locked on blackhawks even you know locked on Iowa Hawkeyes for you know all you college sports fans we got the whole region we've got covered here on lockdown podcast network and of course I've got your bears coverage each and every day throughout the offseason I hope you'll stick around I hope you'll keep tuning in and I hope the lockdown bears podcast makes it that much easier for you to bear down